0: you're listening to the coach approach with diane ravenscroft whether you're an entrepreneur an ambitious employee or someone interested in getting the most out of every connection responsive communication is key Join management and learning specialist, Dr. Diane Ravenscroft, as she gives you the tools to improve any relationship that matters to your business, your career, and your life. All right, here's Diane. Welcome back to the Coach Approach Podcast. I am Diane Ravenscroft, and I am so happy to say this is podcast number six. I hope you've enjoyed them all so far. This has been really exciting for me. Why, you might ask? because I've been working in organizational leadership for several years. Over a decade ago, a local university in Vermont asked me to design an online graduate program for them in organizational leadership based on my leadership development experience with executives, leaders from many industries, and my love of teaching. I've worked in academia for a long time and recognize this as a privilege. I have been able to meet amazing people for over two decades who have taught me a great deal about life, business, the balance of life and business, and about being human. One of the things I enjoy most is sharing time with people, discovering what's important to them, and finding ways to help people be authentic in their workplaces. Everyone has a challenge. The greatest challenge I have found that it's an impediment for people is communication. It's something I strive to work towards improving on a regular basis, especially my listening skills, so I relate to people. Last time, I introduced you to brilliant engineers who shared with me their neurodiversity, their neuro-uniqueness, and how this sometimes can be a challenge for those who don't think in the same way, who don't share a certain mindset or have challenges relative to putting sentences together, making sense to others. It's crucial if you have the awareness about yourself that you're challenged to express yourself clearly, that you include CBS, the context, the backstory, and the sequence, so that people don't feel like they're coming into the middle of a conversation when they're speaking with you. Last time, I also explored a little bit more about how Hear Yourself, Stop Yourself, and the twist Ask Yourself came to be. Today, I'll talk a little more about Hear Yourself, Stop Yourself as a coach approach skill. So I ended podcast five with the implementer who took a risk in a meeting and shared with a certain scientist that she felt she had to catch up with what was inside that person's head in meetings. The person never responded, but you could see that they processed the comment. After the meeting, I asked the two individuals if they'd like to meet with me together to explore this. I wanted to ask them together so that each knew the other was being asked, hoping that would create an opportunity. These two individuals were not the two that had the active ongoing conflict all the time. So there wasn't a lot of apprehension. And I got emails from each of them a couple days later agreeing to the meeting. Here's how it went. The person from sales said the following. And again, I had permission to write this down. Quote: We're smart enough to understand the big picture facts. We're not scientists, but we're smart in the way we're smart. We don't want or need the details or formulas. And we definitely don't want your jobs. We don't understand if you find us threatening. We don't understand what the obstacles are to helping us. We are the ones who get your ideas to market. We are the ones with you who make this organization money. We've all signed legal documents, so we won't steal anything from you. We just need to understand some aspects of the product so we can be prepared to engage our customers when they bring up ideas we may not have thought of yet. Can you help me? End quote. Basically, she was saying, help me. Will you help me? The scientist responded, and normally this person was a fairly resistant member of the engineering team. He responded with an energy shift and replied like this, quote, you mean to tell me the customers, not the salespeople? Were the ones asking for different applications of these products, end quote. What does that tell you? What assumption was this individual coming to meetings holding on to? He went on to disclose that he had felt insulted by the salespeople who had come to meetings and pitch questions, keywords as if to taunt. The questions were, can you do this? What about that? Are you able to do that? Can this product go here, or is this only designed to be there? Now think about these questions from salespeople whose customers have asked for a different application. Now get inside the head of the scientist who's feeling taunted, threatened, bullied. Can you do this? What about that? Can this product go here, or is it only designed to be there? I know that I have heard the concept of a filter before, that there is a filter in all of our minds and we choose to interpret other people according to that filter. But never before had it been demonstrated so clearly. I was so glad that this was our breakthrough. You see, the backstory is, I attended the prior meeting, and you could have indeed cut the tension with a knife. When the salesperson asked those three questions, the scientist became so defensive, a huge cost of non-performance, He heard her question as taunts. He heard the questions as a challenge meant to make him look bad and he felt threatened. That's the backstory. Now we're in this meeting, just the three of us. I could see his countenance changing. He began to buy into the vulnerability commitment more fully because he then expressed his bias against this salesperson. I'm not a therapist. But if there were therapists listening, wouldn't you wonder if this was the person who said he was bullied when he was younger? And the defensive stance taken when questioned hearkened back to a time where there were threats, there were taunts. All of their emotional energy went back to this all-familiar fight, flight, and freeze response. Again, I am a coach. I am not a therapist, but I'm human. And I was bullied as a child. I had buck teeth. I had pigtails. I was tall, I was gangly, and I was extremely uncoordinated. So you never picked me for basketball or volleyball, (laughs) but I could sing and I could run. So I played soccer and I was in musicals. I know what it's like to be bullied. I know what that fight, flight, freeze response feels like. So I bring that humanity into my understanding. Now you also know why I'm vested. I started to relate to certain people their thinking, and their filter. I never explained this to the two individuals as a consultant. It's not about me. My favorite expression someone taught me, listen, Diane, people don't care about your sick cat. They only care about you hearing about their sick cat. (laughs) I never forgot that. So whatever the sick cat is, I'm the only one that ever knows that. I'm there for my clients. But inside my head, inside my heart, and inside my soul, Sometimes I relate. And this was one of those times. For the scientist, this disclosure by the salesperson was transformational. Same for the salesperson. The disclosure about the scientist's bias was transformational. And eventually, the entire team felt the change between those two individuals. This was a very important step in the path forward. The group started to enjoy so much mutuality and shared understandings and commonalities that one day, a scientist, and I say this with a big smile, a scientist offered to be on a client call, then stopped himself and said, that might not be a good idea because what you don't know, the backstory is that this person would always get technical. And he would learn to stop himself. But it was awesome. Everybody laughed together. Everybody agreed, thanks, but maybe not such a good idea. Spontaneous laughter at that moment made me realize this team was finally ready to truly collaborate. A key success factor rarely present in non-performing teams. And I introduced another success factor, camaraderie. You've probably noticed they all start with the letter C. How many do we have so far? Other than context, which isn't a success factor, it's part of the CBS, we have communication, collaboration, cooperation, commitment, and camaraderie. The risk that was taken introduces courage. The fact that people started to get along introduces chemistry. And finally, we had coordination. People were working together. They were passing the baton and figuring it out a smoother process was underway. Success, relief, bravo. Perhaps you know people like this. Coworkers who'd never thought of the missing pieces in communication before. Coworkers who never included the three elements included in the coach approach. The C, the B, the S, the context, the backstory, and the sequence. As we opened up the lines of communication, we were already making progress in connecting these diverse groups into a collective team. There's those success factors again. There really is often a backstory when people describe ideas in certain situations, but you might not know it. So hear yourself, stop yourself, and ask yourself, is there a backstory that you're missing? It's really helpful to consider context, backstory, and sequence. Teaching hear yourself, stop yourself, and ask yourself helped these bright engineers recognize when their rich inner mind took over and they drifted away from any topic at hand. This created situations early on in my engagement where the other people outside of their inner circle became lost and often frustrated, but they found a solution. Their sequence often was a zigzag, though. It wasn't a straight line. They got there in the end and the results were impressive. They made the company a lot of money, though the individuals who didn't understand the context, backstory, and sequence had to really work at asking the questions to get the answers they needed. Applying the context, backstory, and sequence just meant for easier communication and less waste. Less waste of time. Less waste of energy. Do you think it's possible to hear yourself and stop yourself? It is just takes a little practice to apply the steps. Imagine, if you've listened to podcast four, imagine if I could find the hotel etiquette trainer and work on hear yourself, stop yourself with this person. I said they knew a tremendous amount about their profession. The details were incredible. The preparation was amazing. And yet, as I said, it was an unbalanced presentation of information shared exclusively in the negative. So if you're out there, I'd love to share my hear yourself, stop yourself with you and hear your feedback. To finish my story about the hotel atrium encounter with Etiquette, after my meeting ended, the meeting I described in an earlier podcast with bankers and salespeople, I noticed the large group started to scatter. The atrium became empty. Happily, one or two of the people that were leaning near the wall I was leaning earlier in the day were gathering up their packets. I asked one person if they had a moment. The other two people rushed off. The person almost alone in the room said yes with some hesitation. I asked if she'd worked here long as I'd been to several banquets and my event was just wrapping up. I told her that it was really enjoyable that I I learned a great deal about setting a table from sharing that time. She told me that she'd worked at the hotel two years and so I asked another question, did you receive any drawings? I said of the table settings, because I'm taking it that you all had a lot of experience because of the way I was hearing your instructor. She said, what do you mean? Because of the way I was hearing your instructor, I shared with her how I noticed the instructor describing things in negative terms. She said, what do you mean? I said, well, did you notice when he said, don't put this here and make sure you avoid putting this here? And she looked at me and she said, I hadn't really noticed. I was saying this while she was looking for the drawing. So she did show me a large fold-out picture of every imaginable utensil, its name, and beverage glasses with beverages like port, wine, sherry, liqueurs, and cocktails. In other words, you know, this is the glass for this beverage. Really neat. I said, am I keeping you from anything? Because I kind of have another couple questions and she says, no, it's fine. I told her I worked in learning and development and I asked her if she would be willing to tell me how prepared she felt. She didn't actually tell me how prepared she felt, but she did say she wondered if the situation was set up to have everybody study. She would have preferred the person to have been clear and not to have talked so fast. She didn't really want to, you know, feel like she was rating this person. And as she was talking to me, her head was kind of turning to the right, kind of turning to the left. It was as if she was feeling concerned that she might be overheard. I asked her if it was okay to ask one final question. I said, can you tell me why you think nobody raised their hand or asked for clarification? She said that in the two years she'd worked there, that if you showed yourself up as not following along, you might get banished to the swamp. And I have heard this phrase before, and I don't like it. Where's the swamp, I asked. She told me the swamp was in the back kitchen. She told me she learned pretty fast not to make waves, but just to go along. I need this job, she said. I come to work, keep my head down, and do what I need to do. She said something like, it's better than my last job. So I keep my mouth shut and work hard. I thanked her very much, and as she was leaving, she turned around and said, you're not one of those secret shopper people, are you? Or I'm not on TV or anything, am I? I assured her I was not famous. She wouldn't be. And we smiled at each other and went our separate ways. Thanks, lovely person who answered my question. Thanks for your conscientiousness and your honesty. Thanks for your smile. It's so great to feel appreciated. Let's commit, all of those listening now, let's commit together to thank people more, to smile more. It's really no fun to not be appreciated. This lovely person represents to me so many great people who work in situations that you might consider thankless. I made sure to thank her, and off we both went back to our lives away from work. And I hope that true story was instructive to you as well. Have you been trying to be less ambiguous? Let me know. You can reach me at Diane at DiscoverCoachingVT.com. VT stands for virtual training, but also stands for Vermont, my home state in the US. Diane at DiscoverCoachingVT.com. Who are you learning from? What are you learning? I'm gonna ask that question in future interviews with people I have worked with people who've been listening to my podcast and saying, hey, are you going to do interviews? And I'm really excited. I'm committing to hearing myself, stopping myself, and asking myself questions internally as part of practicing my coach approach skills. And I can tell you lots of my clients tell me they hear themselves and stop themselves and that they richly benefit from the pause effect. I will discuss more in my next podcast. please tune in. Thanks for listening. I'm Diane Ravenscroft, and this is The Coach Approach. Take care.